Hello, and welcome to the Alchemist Inkwell. This is your spiritual podcast for grounded people. I'm Emily. And I'm Crystalyn. And this week, we actually have an amazing guest who is so relevant, so necessary, so helpful for everything that's going on, because we've been talking and you've probably been hearing on social media about the dreaded Venus retrograde. She is in retrograde, and it is a 40-day and 40-night journey, which we know is biblically a long time. Uh, but also it's just 40 days and 40 nights. So by September 3rd, we'll be having a lot of clarity on relationships, but what do we do in the meantime? We brought in Janelle, who is a life, a life mediator. Um, and so we're going to talk about how exactly a life mediator helps people navigate relationships, life, all of those things, and all kinds of amazing questions that are going to come up so perfectly. I can already feel the energy of this conversation. So if you are already wondering about Venus retrograde, this is a great place to start. Hi, Janelle. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Yeah. Was there anything I didn't cover in my introduction that you do that you want to make sure people are aware of uh, any work that you're super passionate about? How do you talk about what you love to do? (laughs) That's a really good question. Um, multifaceted and multi-passionate, um, what the heart of everything I do comes down to is relationships, Mm -hmm. helping people navigate and communicate and uh, give each other dignity in relationships. So that would probably be the best heart and passion I have. And then there are a lot of uh, ties and spokes to that wheel and how that plays out in real life. I love how much astrological imagery just came out in the words that you said. Mm-hmm. passion is very Leo relationships is Venus spokes on the wheel. Astrology is known as like the wheel of fortune when we're looking at a chart. So um, my heart is happy hearing you talk about that, but also like a lot of people are feeling that right now. The, mm-hmm. how do you have integrity and dignity? Dignity is another very Leonine uh, term dignity in your relationships. So many people sacrifice who they are for relationships. And I feel like one of your areas of expertise is saying, Hey, you can have relationships that don't even ask that of you. Correct. That's a whole incredible kind of magic. It is. It's amazing. There are so many things that have been developing over the last five, 10 years, um, that I've seen really coming to light that are reinforcing that ability and that capability in people and in that spiritual awakening. I mean, with the pandemic, everybody going on TikTok and learning about spirituality and those different parts of themselves awakening in that process. And now I feel like it's starting to flourish and break through and really start blooming. Mm -hmm. And I love seeing that in so many areas in, you know, everyday life with spirituality in the legal field in, um, you know, relationships and just every spectrum of life, it's coming to light. Well, and that's something that I forgot to mention in our introduction. Not only are you a life mediator, but Janelle, you're a lawyer. Yes, and I want to say the same thing. I'm like, we're missing a big piece of this puzzle. (laughs) Emily and I have been talking as Saturn came into Pisces, which officially happened in March about how fuzzy laws are going to feel and how um, certain areas of life might feel more restrictive, especially when it comes to metaphysical type practices. I feel certifications and um, sort of 
sort of boundaries are going to be brought into those spaces. And I remember talking with you personally about this before, Janelle, about how relevant your work is going to be for people Mm -hmm. who aren't fluent in legalese, for people who are scared when they think about what will the law think of my more spiritual business practice. You help with that kind of thing. Yes, I do. And it's that's growing as well. And it happens in a lot of areas with the law, but the two areas that I would recommend if somebody's like, oh, I may need an attorney, I would say look for a collaboratively legal trained practitioner and or a practitioner in conscious contracts. Mm-hmm. Those are right now the some of, and there's also the integrative law process. So those are the, the three mm-hmm. terms that I would say do a search around to try to find somebody in your area because here in the United States, we still have certain restrictions on who can quote unquote practice law, but you can be coached by anybody. So Mm -hmm. I would, you know, put that disclaimer, depending on what your need is, you may need a consultant coach, you may need an actual lawyer in your state, um, but collaboratively legally trained, conscious contract trained, and or an integrative lawyer, they are the ones that are looking to develop an approach law in a relationship Mm -hmm. um, focused way. I want to say that this, the fact that this approach to law is actually happening is so beautifully indicative of what we've been talking about so extensively of the rise of the vibration of the planet and how more spiritual things are becoming more every day and those sorts of things. Uh, Even the law is now looking at itself and being like, hmm, we can make this magic and fun and we can move these like elements around and it doesn't just have to be like boring white paper with tiny tiny little words Mm -hmm. it can be colorful and playful and it can be way more of a relationship based practice than it has to be uh well this is what we do sign this paper don't read it all (laughs) the energy that comes in um and the fact that that this area of the world that everyone thinks is so staunch and intense and rules and all these things is leaning to flow and like coming up with ways to flow is so absolutely beautiful and it's one of those things that like makes you really excited for this time right like to be on the planet it's nice to see law acknowledging humanity uh, it's yeah. super Aquarian, by the way, like law and humanity <laughs> should be acknowledged together. Um, and that's not me saying, well, we're in the age of Aquarius. That's something very deba- debatable in astrology overall. But thinking about the Aquarian energy that really established this next cultural wave that we're in, I think that that's so great to see this higher expression of the Aquarius energy as compared to some lower expressions or unskilled expressions that we see in the typical population or society in other areas. Yeah. So thank you for being part of the right solution and the, <laughs> the human first solution. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't even want to be, once I became a lawyer, I realized I didn't like lawyers and actually for the last 10 years have avoided being a lawyer until I found conscious contracts and collaborative law. Mm-hmm. And this has been like, oh, now I can find a way of doing this in a way that's aligned with me. And Mm -hmm. it has been a just heart opening, amazing process, especially the conscious contracts process to be able to create a framework and be the support for people to create that relationship that they want in business and in marriages, in life. Um, And it can be approached in any way, you know, that the people see fit and being able to say, okay, what do you want? Tell me how to make it happen. Like, what do you want to make happen? And then I supplement that and build strength into that. And if there's things in the law that don't necessarily agree, well, how can we set up some 
boundaries and safety nets to to move forward. But ultimately, when it comes to you know the need for contracts, there's kind of three buckets. There's bad actors, which we'll never be able to fix. Then the other two buckets are something happened and we need to approach the thing that happened, or we're having an interpersonal problem and we don't know if we want to continue. Mm-hmm. And so the second two buckets are all relational. It comes down to the people in the contract. So mm-hmm. how can they set it up from day one to then be able to flourish and grow and have that cornerstone to build upon than to go, oh, how are we just going to cover our butts? Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what I love about it. So what I will say on that one, first of all, the fact that a contract is a cornerstone and not a safety net, I really appreciate. And like, I know it's a safety net too, but the fact that it's like, no, this is what we're building from instead of it being like, hey, this is what we're doing so everyone's protected so that no one's, you know, so that money is taken care of or structure is taken care of is a totally different feeling and energy that you're putting into the process. And so far, I mean, we've loved it. We've we've fully embraced this element um, mm-hmm. of it for sure. And we think that it's absolutely fantastic, but it kind of bridges into one of the next questions I want to say is talk a little bit about like, what is a life mediator? So like, how can people understand what that is and how they can kind of apply it to their, to their lives? Yeah. How does someone know that it's time to work with you? Mm-hmm. Good question. Um, so for me, and I have not seen anybody else uh, identify themselves as a life mediator. It came to be, I was trying to work in communication coaching. I was exploring, you know, going back into law. I was seeing all these parts and realized what I come down to is when somebody is having problems in life, they typically call me and go, hey, Janelle, this is what's going wrong. Where do I go from here? And a mediator is a neutral third party, you know, in the traditional, in what I consider the traditional sense, my definition of mediator is Mm -hmm. a neutral third party that's going to help bring all the needs and interests of the parties to the table so that a mutually beneficial uh, decision or actions can be met. So how do we approach that in life? How do we take that neutral third party approach in our own lives? We're usually so wrapped up in the narratives we're telling ourselves. Oh, they did this because they're mad at me, or they did that because they hate me, or whatever the narrative is. So if we step back from the narrative and we have somebody that can help you do a, a reframe of the narrative and language you're telling yourself and bring that forward, you then approach the situation and the people very differently. Mm-hmm. So kind mm-hmm. of mediating all parts of life. Like I said, I typically do it from a relationship standpoint with a lot of my friends. I've done it in a business standpoint um, for clients. And you know, now I'm bridging that even further into the legal aspect of the world. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. And I do think that people kind of, um, the term mediator in the past, of course, has made people go like legal stuff first. But I love that you're like, actually, this is a, like a relationship intermediary where I'm just like in the middle and taking it and reframing it for both you and the other person so that everyone gets it reframed. Um, and that is especially during Venus retrograde to circle back on that concept essential Mm -hmm. so so important so whether you're using like janelle a life mediator on purpose or if there is someone in your life where you can be like hey this is how i'm feeling this is the story i'm telling myself can you reframe this for me because i am so in it 
that's an important skill to be working on. Yeah. I mean, oh, sorry. No, 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 no. You're good. Yeah. So for anybody listening, you've heard uh, us talking on the podcast and elsewhere about how we were personally preparing for Venus retrograde, understanding that it's such a prominent one for people who are into the astrology. Venus is the time Lord for M this year. Venus Mm -hmm. is transiting through my perfected sign this year. It's uh, angular and and important for both of us. It's M's whole chart ruler and everything. So it's like, it Mm -hmm. was prominent. And when I recognized this coming up in astrology, my first fear was, oh no, relationships going through the the trial, uh, you know, trial by fire, so to speak, if we go through Leo. And so I went to M and I said, we're going to, we're going to want to do something to consciously work along with this. We need some sort of like planetary charity, which is moving along with the energy as we would like it to, to go um, with this. And that is when Janelle actually sort of just popped into our perspective with this perfect thing that you're doing right when we are taking our business working to a more serious like partnership level. And so Mm -hmm. this, you are our Venus retrograde solution and the answer to our Venus retrograde prayer. So I just want to make sure everybody who's been hearing us saying like, we're working with conscious contracts. This is how we're taking our Venus retrograde and doubling down on the commitment in a relationship. That is Janelle. Janelle embodies that for us. (laughs) Thank thank you. you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, Oh, I'm all warm and fussy now. Um, And, and that's beautiful. And the words you mentioned intentional and conscious. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you guys talked in the beginning or before we started recording about what would I ask people to do when things are getting hard, being intentional, recognizing the signs in your body of, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm getting conflicted. And I guess I want to define something. Conflict can be one person. You can have your own internal conflict. So that's another definitional difference. I think a lot of people have, they hear conflict. It's kind of like mediator and legal. It kind of raises Mm -hmm. the hairs on the back of the neck and it's like, oh, there's a problem. Well, conflict isn't necessarily a problem. It's usually a symptom or a sign. So recognizing that when you're feeling conflict, you're actually feeling a symptom or sign in your own body and mind and spirit that something is going on and it's time to explore, be conscious and curious about. Mm -hmm. That was so well stated. Yeah, that's (laughs) wonderfully. So so on that note, how would you recommend they start exploring that? I think self-awareness is first and foremost. And I think it ties in very much what you guys talk about the spirituality, you know, listening to yourself and your guides, trusting yourself, Um, knowing that if you're starting to feel nauseous or anxious, your body's trying to tell you something. If you start feeling yourself self flush, your chest getting tight, you're fidgeting, um, starting to notice the little signs in your body when things are changing for you. And you're maybe getting, I like to use the word hooked versus triggered. Um, when you're getting hooked on something, um, so that you can stop and take a pause and do that self-assessment. Because if you pause instead of riding that wave of emotion, because emotions actually only sit in the body for 90 seconds. Then when we start diving in and and fixating on the story, we then repetuate that narrative to ourselves and we keep ourselves in that emotional state. So if you take the pause and let yourself flow with the emotion, feel it, recognize it, start 
being curious to what it is, then going, okay, what needs to happen next? How can I understand this better? And what do I need to address it? And what do I need to maybe talk to the people about? Is this interpersonal? Is this my issue? Or is this an actual intrapersonal thing where we need to um, explore? Yeah, I appreciate that you emphasize the like, hey, take a second and pause and not let the emotions dictate. Um, it is important to remember, and I just think this kind of builds off of that a little bit. Emotions are just energy in motion, which means that they are movement. <laughs> You're feeling it, yes, but you're feeling it is an action word. Feeling is a mm-hmm. verb, um, which means that you are doing an activity. So when you are feeling something, you can pause, you can experience that activity and then let that flow. And that can even be in, if you are, especially in this time when all of your relationships are being reevaluated, because that's what Venus does when she goes backwards. (laughs) (laughs) The end of another thing. (laughs) uh Oh, and by the way, you're still wrong, but I'm going to tell you more about why. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So while Venus is going backwards, especially you may notice there's a lot of different I love that you use the word hooked instead of triggered. I do think that those are two different energies too, which I really appreciate. Um, so when you, you're noticing a lot of hooks where it's like, oh, I've got a feeling, the feeling is occurring. I am feeling something um, will come up even in just mundane conversation, especially if you're doing stuff that is maybe stressful or you're in a space where there's might be a good amount of stress. Like a lot of relationships will have those things come up and it is perfectly fine and safe to be like, hey, I need to take 90 seconds. Hold on. And then I will, I will answer your question or I will say what I need to say. But like, that's going to happen. And so it's really helpful and beneficial right now before you hit that space to let the big relationships in your life know like, Hey, if I'm going to, if I start getting hooked or triggered or really starting to feel emotional when we're talking about, even if it's nothing, even if we're talking about cheese, like I'm going to let you know, and we're going to pause and I'm going to say, can I have 90 seconds? I'm going to sit in my feeling for that amount of time. Notice where it sits in my body, let it go through and then return to the conversation. That is a safe way, like the safest way to navigate all of the stuff that might be coming up. And, you know, you lightheartedly use the example of cheese, but like I've had in my life where certain things are a a hook for people, like personal note, my husband is very strong in his opinion between Krispy Kreme and Dunkin' Donuts. You don't talk about Krispy Kreme and like you do, we can, we can laugh about it, but like, there is a thing there. Right. And we learn to respect that about each other. You learn to say like, even if it's, even if your worst fear, I have a friend who was like this, your worst fear is peach pits. And even the mention of them bothers you. Then we just don't like you, you learn to respect it. Even if it feels silly on an outside, you're caring about the person inside. Definitely. And, and I love what you said, Emily, about, you know, recognizing that. And even if it is the mundane and setting that expectation early, and that's even, um, part of what the conscious contracts process is about is setting intentions early, being upfront and honest and giving yourself permission and the other person permission to stop and go, okay, I need just give me a little bit of time, be it 90 seconds, be it, you know, three minutes, be it, look, I'm not recovering. Can we come back to this conversation at a later date and time? I will call you tomorrow and setting that expectation of don't let them hang and like, I'll get back to you and then not talk to them for a week. That's just mm-hmm. kind of cruel, but saying, okay, I need more time. Let me touch base with you tomorrow, you know, and, or an hour from now or three, whatever the time frame feels best for you to re-engage in that conversation. And 
explain what to them what's happened. And again, setting that expectation. This is what I want to do from now on. Are you good with that? Can we do this in this relationship? Mm-hmm. I also just want to say the ability to be like, hey, can we circle back is a sign of respect in a relationship because you're respecting the relationship by saying, hey, we need to honor sacred time for this. I can't honor that sacred time right now, but I honor your time enough to know I can later. So can we put this on the calendar? Can we talk about this in an hour? And it's also respect from them to reciprocate and be like, yeah, absolutely. You're respecting me. I appreciate that. And I would like to circle around. What I will say is, especially in romantic relationships, that can be a very we like people be like, I don't want to talk about it now. I want to talk about it now because they're in their feelings. That's where the preemptive discussion comes from. That's where the, we mm-hmm. talk about, we honor this, we agree to this beforehand so that when this does happen, we can like initiate on that. Mm-hmm. And to that point, right? These are discussions mm-hmm. you do want to have before there's a problem. You know, it's maybe not a first date discussion, but it is a, hey, I'm recognizing that I really value you discussion. Um, For me, it actually was a first date discussion. So I'm a terrible example, but this is something that at some point when you know that this person is important to you, it is worth having a conversation that, and it's just like when you make your will, (laughs) I know that's a little bit morbid, but you make a will before the event happens and then you can set it and forget it Mm -hmm. and and you have something to fall back on when you need to this is Mm -hmm. a an intention a testament to the relationship before something happens which is something that you actually walked us through in our conscious contracts experience because we were like well we handle things pretty well and you're like yeah but what if it gets to a point where you can't imagine if it did and we're just like oh yeah we have to it's hard to we have to consider what to do there because the relationship's important Definitely. And to that point, and I just had an idea and it just like, okay, the guides will will bring it back if if necessary. Um, The will, oh, (laughs) the the preemptive uh, part of that. There was one part of the conscious contracts process that I had never really paid attention to. And it's called the operating manual of me. Mm -hmm. And the thought of sitting down and writing out how does it work best? How a do I work best? Mm-hmm. Being very conscious about it, recognizing I have certain hours in the day that I work best and writing down, how do I feel when I get in conflict? What does my body react to? So again, it goes into that self-awareness we spoke about earlier, and it allows you to document. And what I've actually started doing with some friends that are in this mindset of let's give each other each other's operating manual of me. Like I tweak it for each friendship and what it evolves to. I have my business one that I'm using for our engagement letter. Each one's going to be slightly different based on the relationship, but the concepts are going to be the same. How do I want to be approached? If I do something, I step on a toe, you know, I get ahead of myself. Here's how I really love it if you approach me. And it gives people that operating manual that they can approach you with love and curiosity in a way that you actually want instead of assuming or expecting they're going to know. And I just love that concept. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was, it was too. definitely surprising to come into the, cause we thought, okay, we're going to have a contract that's fair for everybody. Yay. And it became this whole relationship with the two of us and you and this personal exploration and investigation. And then just getting really, again, intentional 
with all the things about us. And it's like, okay, but if this is a fair contract, you need to know what's fair for you, what's fair for them. And so there's so much more than just language that goes into a fair contract. And that's why your work with that has in conscious contracts as a modality was so essential and valued. What I would also like to ask kind of on that note for people who obviously don't have the handbook of me or the workbook of me, what is it operating manual? There we go. Yeah. Got there. Mercury is being mercury today. Um, (laughs) uh, But for people who don't have that, what would be some tips that you would suggest or questions you suggest that they maybe ask their partner and answer themselves or something like that, where they can kind of get on that same page of mutual respect in general? Um. So first I wanna talk about something Kristen Lynn mentioned about words and definitions. Mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest things I see in almost all conflict is definitional differences. So when somebody says, I don't want you to yell at me, yelling can be a louder tone of voice. It could be intensity of voice and not even volume, but intensity. So yelling could mean different things to different people. And we think, oh, yelling is, you know, whatever our definition is, volume, Mm -hmm. but not always. It depends usually on what type of house somebody grew up in. Mm -hmm. Um, So definitional differences and and being aware of that. So to your question, Emily, about what are some things they can explore is looking at some of the standard words that we throw around, communication, conflict, uh, anger, Uh, what are these things? What do they actually mean to me? And Mm -hmm. how do I put them into conversation and into my life and see what your partner does? Because you may find that there are differences in that that may just skew an expectation or understanding. So you may be like, oh, we both agreed not to yell, we're good. But then one gets this tone of voice and it's interpreted as yelling. And somebody's like, don't yell at me. I'm, well, I'm not. Mm -hmm because that wasn't explored and and kind of further understood, you now can say, oh, yelling is X, Y, and Z. Um, So looking at communication styles, uh, some people need time before they can actually get in a conversation and talk about the hard things that they're experiencing. Some people, like you said earlier, Emily, were in their feelings and I wanna talk about this now. And some people process by talking about. So going off Mm -hmm. and being alone doesn't help them in fact, because they process by talking and recognizing that how you both even come into conversations, especially hard conversations. Um, Then also what kind of language do you want somebody to be curious? Should they ask questions? Um, do you want somebody to share first? Okay, this is what I'm experiencing. Like, so how does that process work? Who brings it up? How is it brought mm-hmm. up? Um, so I think that is one of the first and most important things is agreeing to what kind of communication, modes of communication, tone of voice, approach um, would help with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that that is truly the best, like, I love that you brought in the definitional situation there because that is a huge point of conflict. And especially when Venus is in retrograde, you will notice that it's like conflict around miscommunication or misunderstanding because of those definitional differences. And I think that that is so, so important. And I also think that, and this is just a personal opinion, but 
part of loving someone is understanding their their trauma and those sorts of things. And by understanding their definitions of stuff, that is a really simple and tangible way to do that. Mm-hmm. And I don't just mean like romantic love. I mean like just love in general by like that is how you love somebody is understanding, in my opinion, you understand their trauma or, you know, some of their background in that sort of way. And you can show up in a way that doesn't demean you, but can keep the energy good for them and they can keep the energy good for you. And that is the reciprocal space. So I yeah. love that. Yeah. That whole mutually beneficial attempt or approach to things. Yeah. Really, really cool for anybody who's wondering about like, am I feeling Venus retrograde or anything like that? Um, the theme of your personal Venus retrograde may be easier to find if you hop back in your mind to 2015 from the like, August through September, July through September, because that's the last time Venus retrograded in Leo. So you might notice that you're having some similar themes, um, limiting beliefs, relationship situations coming up. Even if it's not the same relationship, it might be a replay of the Mm -hmm. scenes from back then. Um, So you can kind of replay that as well and just be like, oh, wow, this is something that happens in my life. Now I'm conscious about it. You can look back at the last time from an exterior perspective or more objective perspective and get insight on how to work on this one. Um, And that way you can kind of plug that into your operating manual of me to say, when this happens, I tend to do this. I would like to do this, or this would work better for me. Yeah, exactly. So Janelle, what would be one thing you wish everyone knew like about mediation or how to use mediation in Mm -hmm. their lives? What would you like everyone to take away from that? That's a great question. Um, Two things came to mind when you said that there is a book called nonviolent communication. Um, It is (laughs) almost any mediator trained mediator uh, as a neutral third party Um, has read because it does give beautiful step-by-step engagement um, and an approach to communicating more intentionally with curiosity. Um, And it also can help build that operating manual of me and an operating manual of we. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of what the conscious contract does is how do we want to engage with each other? Um, From a mediator standpoint, both, I'm going to, at two levels, one at kind of a more official professional level is that person is there wanting to help people all the, like that is their main focus. They're not there to be judged. They're not there to be jury. They're not there to um, get an outcome. If they are outcome related, they're not necessarily there for being a neutral third party. It is always up to the people at the table to discuss and figure out what resolve resolution they need, because mm-hmm. if it doesn't come from the people at the table, it's not going to work in the long term. They're the ones who have to live it. So they have to be the ones that feel it and agree to it. And that kind of feeds into, you know, everyday mediation. We do it for our family. We do it for our friends. We're that person that holds space for people and the same thing goes with them. Um, you know, I've seen you guys put into practice and I try to do the same thing is if somebody comes to me upset, are you looking to vent? Are you looking to help somebody to help fix? Is this something you want me involved? Or are you looking for a combination of both? It's um, allowing to hold space for whatever that person in fact needs. And if they are looking for you to help them work through that problem, 
ultimately it has to be their decision and their choices and their input Mm. that help make that because that's the only way they're going to really follow through in a way that resonates for them. Mm -hmm. And so that neutrality, that what does this person need and what is best for them, not what I think is best for them, not what their mom thinks best for them, (laughs) but what do they feel is best for them to move forward at this moment? And that's going to change. You know, they're going to change their minds. They're going to realize, oh, maybe that didn't really work. But that's part of their path to learn. All you're there to do is help them explore and get to the core, get to the honest problem so that they do know what the belief is they need to remove and address. How do they need to reframe this part of their lives? So that would be what I would think. Amazing. Beautiful. Yeah. I really appreciate that and I do think when you have a friend that is a neutral third party or a mediator who's a neutral third party and you come at them with something and they do like show up like saying what do you need do you want to talk about it do you want a distraction do you want me to help you with it like where are you where are you going with this it is so relieving like it is such a relieving feeling to have someone see you in that way Mm -hmm. Um, and you can prep people for that too. be like if I come to you with a problem please ask me these things and then execute them and that is not an unreasonable thing to ask. So I'm, I really appreciate you brought that up. Yeah. So Janelle, to tie this all together, if people are listening to this and saying, wow, this is amazing. Do I need this? What kind of people benefit most from conscious contracts, from life mediators? Um, you know, who, who should really be considering this as something to integrate into their business model or lifestyle? Mm-hmm. Um. Those who want to put their relationships first, the ones that are willing to dive a little deeper into themselves than they ever have before to understand themselves first and foremost, so that they can show up more authentically for the people that they're in a relationship with, be it a business relationship, a personal relationship, and want to find and create that cornerstone, that foundation to build a long-term lasting relationship. Uh, Because this work sometimes takes longer than we expect. It's definitely harder than we would like. Um, Typically, it exposes some raw parts of us as we're going through it, typically. Um, But in the long run, you are going to have such a stronger relationship. You're going to have a relationship that's built on trust and understanding. Because if something goes wrong and you understand why that person maybe acted or reacted in a certain way, you're going to give them the benefit of the doubt. You're going to give them more space to then come back around and explore it and unpack it and work through, okay, we may need to revise. And that's the other thing about like the conscious contracts process and even our relationships. It's all a living document. Mm -hmm. It's all a living process. So it can be revised and changed at any time, as long as everybody at the table and in your life agree to what that looks like. It requires consent, enthusiastic consent, preferably. So um, I would say people that are really looking to build stronger relationships in their lives and do the exploration. Yeah, I think this is so relevant when we're in a world where people are realizing maybe they don't have to struggle so much to live the life 
live life in their way, live life according to their own accommodations, you know, exploring that, being able to say in a private operation manual of me, here's who I am, then share that with someone else. Let them see it without the pressure of being face-to-face, which can be difficult. Um, I know just working through this process, I feel like our work is enriched in such a deep way, our relationships with everybody that we potentially will work with, because what you've done with us is every, um, like every client or every author or every, uh, collaborator that we work with is going to have a specific contract or agreement that, that acknowledges we see you and, you know, here's what we can do. Here's where we work together. Here's how this is, uh, an unconditional agreement and acceptance between people. So that's, incredible, invaluable, and this is the world I want to see. So thank you for Mm -hmm. being one of the people building it. Well, and thank you guys for engaging me in it and allowing me to be a part of this process because for especially the world and what you do, it's going to really just bring that vibe even higher than the books are already are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Treating each other with respect. Who knew? High vibe. (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) <laughs> oh, so Janelle, um, for our listeners, how would they either get a hold of you or I know you have a podcast that I would love for you to talk about? Like, how can they work with you further? Um, yes, I my podcast is the Alternative Healers Coffee Chat. Um, it, the purpose of that is for people to find alternative ways of healing um, other than just the standard traditional uh medicine because healing comes at all levels. There's all kinds of healing, you know, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. Um, so I wanted to have a uh, avenue to explore that myself and, and be curious and get to ask questions as well as give people um, an opportunity to see life as always an opportunity to heal, not just, oh, I have to go get a pill to fix this. Um, so thank you um, for reminding me to bring that up and talk about mm-hmm. that. Um, I have a website. It's uh, JanelleMulligan.com. So www.JanelleMulligan.com. Um, and I will uh, have you guys put it in the description, uh, the spelling mm-hmm. of my name, because that's just too long for me to put out right now. Um, I also have a TikTok account, Janelle underscore life underscore mediator. Um, where I post actually clips of the podcast and hopefully we'll be bringing more about the conscious contracts process. Uh, so those are probably the two best ways uh, to reach me. Amazing. Well, listeners, we have a couple other things we wanted to chat about just really quick before this episode ends, but we're so thankful that Janelle is here to chat about them too, because if anything comes up, Janelle can of course, <laughs> you know, interject in, in there. Um First off, we have a super cool announcement that we want to talk about. So you may have been following along on our social medias where we've been teasing this, um, but we want to announce it here anyway. And that is our next uh, ancient wisdom retreat location in international location. And those go, we are launching this trip on the 29th. That is when our tickets go live for this trip. Um, Yeah. Are you ready? Are you ready to announce it? I'm so yeah. excited. So, so we've been teasing that we have a bunch of announcements. This is the first one we can finally share with you. Um, mm-hmm. It is a, a the, you guys are hearing it first. So like, this is so great to be able to share it with the podcast people. Um, the, yeah. Should I just say it? Yeah, we are okay. going to Italy. Italy. We're going to Italy. <laughs> 
We're going to go uh-huh. to Rome and Florence. And Emily, you actually finagled the itinerary to let us go to one extra magical place that nobody else on this itinerary gets to go to. And that is? Oh, wow. um, that's Ostia Antica. So it's outside of Rome. Um, I went there. So I went to Italy this past year in March or this year in March. And um, because I went to channel, that was like my whole idea is I'm going to go and I'm going to channel because I've been writing La Custa and I wanted to channel her in and actually like walk through her city and like hear about stuff um so we did when we were there we did like the Rome, the the coliseum and the forum and that is very interesting and i had very interesting experiences there as well but we also went to ostia antica which is an ancient port town it's like it used to be the port of ancient rome um and then it kind of fell out of importance in like the year 300 and it basically is like pompeii but without the volcano mm-hmm. um so the ruins are almost completely intact there's just these huge mosaics and huge frescoes and it's just beautiful and you can walk through and we're going to walk through and channel with you guys there and we're also going to channel at the Colosseum and and the forum of course and also we're going to do the vatican museums and st peter's basilica and do that and then also go to florence Florence, yeah and channel there and that florence channeling there i know you're super excited for that Um, one because the medici connection and astrology we're going to do astrology stuff there Ficino, who wrote the three books of life, which is a very integral um, astrological magic text. And it's it's so great. I'm going to be quoting it a ton in the talk that I'm giving at Astromagia uh, 2023 in November, where I talk about infusing astrological magic into art. And Ficino said it first, so I'm not going to take credit for that. I will be quoting him plenty, Um, but we will be able to whether it's part of the tours or on downtime, go find his house, which still stands which is incredible. Yeah. I can't wait. And the beautiful yeah. thing about walking in these places is because the ruins are still intact, because so much of the place is still as it was and respected in that way, the immersive side of channeling is going to be even easier because you don't have to like remote view what it used to look like. You can see that. So skip that step, mm-hmm. walk straight on the streets, walk on the actual same stones and channel mm-hmm. the people or channel the experiences, channel the feelings. So it's going to be even easier yeah. to tap into. Right. And the cool thing about Rome, too, is like all of everything is walkable, like everything you yeah. want to go to, you can walk to for sure. Um, and so even outside of our tours, if you want to go see where Julius Caesar met his end, it's now a cat sanctuary and it's still <laughs> all of the ruins. You can just go and look at the kitty cats um, and and be in the space where Julius Caesar died. And like, it, I mean, there's just so many things um, that you can go and experience that are all very walkable, which is just so exciting. I obviously, I mean, if you've listened to this podcast at all, I have such passion for this particular time in history. Like this is such a focus of mine. It blame Lacusta, but it's fine. Um, so I cannot wait to go and like share it with a group of you. So um, of course, tickets are limited. We do have an early bird deal for the first um, couple who get in there. Um, so make sure that you, uh, we do have links in our link tree now where you can sign up to get email notified as soon as it goes live. Um, but yeah, we're so excited. The trip is going to happen in May of 2024. So mm-hmm. not quite a year out, like 11, 10 months out. I don't know what month it is, but anyway, it's going to happen next May. Um, yeah, first week of this. next May. Mm-hmm. It's going to be all happening. Of the details. Yeah. Sorry. It's going to be happening over my birthday. So I'll get to celebrate with yeah. you guys, which will be super mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. And all of the details will also be on the website um, as far as like the itinerary and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. we're really excited. And I can say from personal experience this year, you will be blown away by how much you channel in because it mm-hmm. is so much. 
Yeah. Well, and if you wanted to do some personal stuff and, and the idea of a group tour is what kind of puts you on the fence, there's so much downtime. It's not mm-hmm. like an abundance of downtime, but you get most evenings, you have a couple hours to yourself or some mornings, we have longer mornings before we get started yeah. together. So you can make it almost like a solo travel and group travel. That's mm-hmm. one of the most amazing intentional things that the company we work with does. I'm always grateful for that. And our groups are the best. Yes. We love the people that come. So um, mm-hmm. if you're drawn to it, you're supposed to be drawn to it. Come with us. Yeah. We are excited. We anyway, there's payment really plans. Close. Yeah. Anyway, there's multiple different payment plans. So you can make it really reasonable for yourself, all of that sort of stuff. But we are ridiculously excited. And yeah, that is, that's our biggie announcement that we wanted to share with you all because it's happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, awesome. Cool. Well, think that's about it oh do you want to really quickly touch on what mercury is doing right now you know we've been a little we've been picking on mercury today mercury is still in leo um mercury's been picking on us (laughs) and we've been calling them out for it there is a difference (laughs) fair that's fair um so mercury is going to finish their cruise through leo uh actually this week they're going to touch base with venus just sort of give an apologetic pat on the head, which is probably how it's going to go in my skits. And then they're going to peace out right into Virgo where they are both domicile and exalted. So it's like Mercury's favorite place to be. They're going to hang out there for a while because at the end of August, they will retrograde there. Sorry, but not sorry. Uh, And then (laughs) on August 1st, we do have uh, a whole uh, a full moon situation while Mars will try in Jupiter. So there's a lot of energy with this. It's going to be a full moon um, in Aquarius since the sun is in Leo, the moon will be opposite. That's an Aquarius. I will be talking about it on my YouTube channel to show you how that works on a chart, but on the same day, lots of energy with that as well as Mercury being exactly opposite Saturn. So there's going to be a lot of thinking going on and a lot of like, I really want to do this. And probably Saturn saying, think about that at least twice before taking action. Um, but we'll have that that whole like, what am I doing with my life? Where am I going? In a good way. What am I doing with my life? What do I want to do with my life? How do I see my greater purpose? All that stuff coming up. Shedding yeah. through doing is really what's the theme That's a good there. One. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And um, I was going to not announce this, but I'm being like pushed. So if you don't mind, Emily, I apologize. Please. But- I am also opening um, the Modern School of Ancient Wisdom in the middle of Venus retrograde. So the exact date for that is going to be on the 13th of May. The initial course will launch. August, 13th uh, of August. May, (laughs) what the heck? August 14th. Um, And it'll be in the morning of Eastern time. So uh, I, yes, I elected it with astrology. I'm using the Venus Kazemi to my advantage right now. Um, And so there will be a really awesome, like magical lifestyle course. It's basically the stuff you need to feel like you're living with magic being real. Uh, It's a Mm -hmm. way to sort of get your mind wrapped around the idea that magic is there every day. And there's a little bit of astrology, a little bit of folk magic, a little bit of intuition. Emily's going to do a guest lesson and uh, it's, it's kind of awesome. So I'm really proud it's of it. Super awesome. <laughs> and I'll also be launching um, Patreon, which will give mm-hmm. some more access to me. I'm also launching one-on-one mentorship with me. If you want to do something even more in depth and there's going to be merch and I can give you a hint about who's going to have the first merch. That's the hint. Yeah. <laughs> you have to watch it on video. Hint, to see you have it to is. watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, this planet doesn't um, talk. That's your other hint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, awesome. I'm so excited for you. Thank you for announcing it because uh, it's so cool. Yeah. I've gotten to see the behind the scenes 
of it and like mm-hmm. how it's showing up. So it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Go shout out to Emily for the uh, support along the entire way with limiting beliefs that may have come up and all those things, busting them with conscious contracts. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Janelle, for, for all of that. <laughs> oh, well, you're awesome. most welcome. Thank you for enjoy- like having me join you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you all listeners. We're so happy you're here. Thank you again, Janelle. Um, you were fabulous. We are so happy to have you on the show and we really encourage okay. everyone to go check out Janelle's podcast because it's awesome as well. What's up? I think Janelle I should try to say it with us at the end here. All of us to try it. It's going to be oh, a no, mess. it's happening. No, it's we got to do mess. it. Come on. You have to let <laughs> it's going to be messy. Mess. It's going to be the But worst. we're doing it. All right. All right we hope brace that- yourself. Turn your headphones off if you can't handle Discord. Right. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. We hope that you... Go make some, Go make make some, some magic. magic. Yeah. <laughs> it was beautifully dysfunctional. I'll I love it. Tell that. you what, it may not have been in sync, but it brought me a lot of joy. <laughs> <laughs>